What's up, dude? Just uh, chilling on this wonderful Monday, you know, about to about to do an interview with you. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I like to think of it less as an interview and more just um, helping people to get to know you. Yeah, for sure. Because interviews seem weird. They, they seem intrusive. Sounds like a job thing, like an interview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a couple of questions that, you know, I want to know the answer to. Okay. You know, but... <laughs> Sometimes I don't even get to those because the conversation doesn't lead that way. Yeah. You know, I just let the conversation lead where it's going to go, but I don't want there to be dead air. No, for sure. (laughs) And we were talking about that earlier, how sometimes when a guest like clams up a little bit, they get a little stage fright. They realize they're talking into a mic and that people might be listening. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's when you get, um, uh, hyper aware of your, just like talking or saying things and then you start like observing yourself as the outsider while you're talking you're like oh no oh dude yesterday i went to sacktown's finest uh pop-up it was really cool and i I seen some really cool vendors i saw tacos 916 Uh, emilio was there i was like hey what's up bro what's what's going on it was was really cool and i was walking out i was like dude that's awesome and there's this dude walking toward me Mm -hmm. and i know that look he had that look on his face where, you know, you smoke too much weed before you're going somewhere. Oh, no. And I you're going like, that. you're going, okay, dude, just, just be cool. Just, just walk like you're not high. Just be, just be totally cool. No, nah, nobody knows you're high. Oh, uh, dude, you're really, we're hot. I'm high. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, man. Wait, you were? Well, I'm already walking He was high or you? Him, but oh, you know okay. that voice that, you know, at least for me, if I go somewhere like socially mm-hmm. and I've smoked, I haven't done that in years, by the way. I usually do that in the comfort of my own home. So I'm going to feel weird about, yeah, you know, my life. I want to do it like, in the privacy of my own home. <laughs> but I know that dude was having that conversation in his head because I could see him going like. <sighs> <laughs> and I was like, been there, buddy. I just gave him a nod. What's up, bro? And he's like, hey. Nice. That's all he'd muster out. Yeah, the hey. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it'll settle in. It'll settle in. It's just really, you know, those, uh, the last few puffs before you leave the car. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes those catch up with you, and you're like, "Fuck." Uh-huh. Well, I'm I'm pretty similar to you. I don't uh I don't partake, and I I don't like going. Honestly, like there's a rule for me where um just me personally, I don't you know care what other people do. But if I'm gonna enjoy the the greenery, then I enjoy it like after all my tasks are done for the day, because yeah. I feel like I only have about a three hour window of productivity once I enjoy. So I'm like, I'd rather just chill out and play a video game and like eat some food and go to bed. That's yeah. like the perfect time for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like me. The only time I really get is maybe on a late Friday evening or Saturday evening where everything's been taken care of. The kids are asleep. My wife is like, I'm turning in. I'm a little tired. I'm like, oh. Maybe like at a cool art event, though. I don't know. Like maybe some kind of thing where it would be like fun. Like, um... Like some, I don't know, a show that has like all blacklight art or something like that. That would be uh, neat. Yeah, that would be neat. Yeah. <laughs> like I do, I do like at concerts, 
mm-hmm. like festivals and stuff. Like when my favorite band is playing and everyone's like locked in, no one's moving anymore. Everyone's got their spot at the festival or whatever. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'll spark up a little something, take a couple pulls and then just pass it and it just like disappears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's so funny because like being in California, it's so common for, you know, cannabis consumption because it's legal. And, you know, like uh, I, I, I'm from Georgia, which I'm pretty sure you knew that already. It's one of my, it's one of my crushes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I, it's just funny because like, it's such a, um, it's such a faux pas, like, you know, in Georgia, it's really backwards cause you're, it's the Bible belt area still. So you have all the States that are pretty backwards, but everybody smokes weed in Atlanta. Like, I mean, it's and, Atlanta. yeah. And on top of that too, apparently I guess Congress is trying to move a bill into uh, the Senate. I don't know. I forget how the law works, but it, it's about like federal legal weed. So I think that would be really cool. Um, I think so too. It's just that there's dinosaurs voting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Nancy Pelosi is like 80, dude. Well, I mean, that's everything, but we shouldn't talk about politics. We should talk about no. not yeah, politics. Yeah. But the, but the, poli- <laughs> but the, the policies that, you know, shape people's free will is kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I think like, um, just being knowledgeable about who's in office and like who, like yeah. even in California, you know, like, I can only name like th- four politicians maybe. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's better than zero. Yeah, Cause I don't, I really, for the most part, Aside from like if somebody's like a an oppressive mayor or something like that, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't know because yeah. like they don't really affect my life directly. Indirectly, they do in all kinds of ways. Sure, but I don't really associate. I don't know during downturns in the economy and like depressions, all that stuff. Yeah, my family and I have always done historically pretty well. Yeah. It's when things were booming that things have gone to shit in my family. That's interesting. It's an interesting like social um, structure too to think about where, excuse me, um, you know, like a lot of people, especially like, you know, artists uh, I've noticed have been thriving since the the pandemic began. And I think like I, I had some successes for sure, but like right now I'm like, oof, like it's, it's a little rough out here. And I think for a while, a lot of people were able to, tap into their creativity and like discover stuff and then and be able to pursue things and you know i i definitely like we were talking earlier about how you know working full time and not really having that time for art to like create has been a struggle and so like i feel just again personally that for a long time you know since the pandemic began like my goal was to be creative and make things and do stuff and like now i'm just hitting that wall even though we're about to do a show like, but what, I mean, it's just, it's tough. Like it's tough to have energy after working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and create after that, you know, and still be expected to like be happy. <laughs> yeah. Or to have energy to, to give to people. Yeah. Like that's the thing that bothers me because I have two small kids. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, think about all the artists out there that have families and, you know, have like have to provide. And I think like that's something too, that makes me look at the structure of like society and like, why do we have to work 40 hours a week to be able to just survive, you know? And then like, um, like what does creativity do for us? Like for me, I know that creativity is like a huge component of my mental sanity if I can't create, then I would like go crazy and I'm not too crazy, but you know, like 
if somebody was like, you painting is illegal, I'd be like, ah, oh, I'm going to, ah, you know, like I'm going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to go to jail. Maybe not today, but yeah. I'm going to jail at some point. <laughs> not dude, I, I feel that. I feel like my creativity, everything I do has like a creative spin to it. Mm-hmm. So I do home repair. Yeah. And I like that more than like standard construction, like out in the field, because there's an element to problem solving Mm -hmm. that, you know, it might be like, hey, go patch that wall. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go patch a hole in the wall, in the drywall. Yeah. I'd say. And you get there and you're like, oh shit, it's all wet. Yeah. Why is this shit wet? And you look up and there's a, there's a drip. You're like another, another thing. Another thing. So you got to fix the thing before you fix the thing, but you got to figure out how to get to the thing. Yeah. In the most efficient way possible. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. So I got to go through here. I got to do that. So there's a lot of that, which is, which is cool. If I'm going to be making money, I'd rather be doing something I want to do. Yeah. Or something that gives me a level of satisfaction, even though it's not necessarily something I would want to do. It's, it's threefold in that. A, it puts food on the table for me and the kids and yeah. the wifey. Yeah. And it kind of satisfies that creative, like, yeah. instead of Sudoku, I I'm, think, I'm doing this. <laughs> well, I think it's, like, good to, um, you know, in a lot of jobs that I've had in the past, like, I've always found the way I can be the most creative. Even when I worked at restaurants for a long time. Like, I used to joke I was born in a fryer. But, um, but it's like, I remember I used to get hired to do the chalkboards for outside of when I worked at Maggiano's and I, my managers like would have contests, like costume contest at work and I would always win. And it was funny because it's like, if anything involved creativity, I was like, I'm making that money. I'm going to win, you know? Dude, I always wonder who does these fucking chalks, you know, the, the sandwich boards. Yeah. Well, it's a whole industry. It's all, I mean, I don't know. Have you seen like some of the sign makers that do like the glass signage out here? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like that's a dying, um, creative field that California seems to have a big society or like, um, lineage of people that do the glass, like in, in gold gilding and all, you know, I have, um, one friend, her name's on Instagram, Miss Moth Design. And her ability to make signs is like outrageously like, talent. Like she's just super amazing. But it's something that you don't like know of a lot of people. It's like a handful of people and they do it for the whole country. So it's yeah, wild. That's, that's Yeah, that is wild. You know who's really good with like pop letters hmm. is Danilo. Oh, yeah. No, I saw some of his... Um, see the gas tank that he mm-hmm. did? The, all the vintage stuff he's been doing? Yeah, he did like a toolbox or Stay something sharp. too. Yeah. Yeah, the toolbox. It's And it says toolbox or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's Dude, it's dope. It's it's very modern, but at the same time, it's very classic. Yeah. And I feel like that's really hard to achieve. No, for sure. I mean, like lettering, um, typography and stuff like that. Obviously, like, I'm, you know, I talked about this with Gabe. Like, I'm not a graph writer or whatever, but like typography and lettering and stuff has always been interesting to me. Um, and really, if you think about it, like that's not that it's like a facet of graffiti or anything, but it is a very, um, I mean, think about like old school signs, like a lot of inspiration for fonts or typeface and stuff like that come from like old traditional signage. Um, and even, you know, you can go to places like old Sacramento and see like original restored sign type things. And yeah. it's still very inspirational for people now to like pull off of 
So, well, I was, uh, I've talked with Gabe about this cause I have a buddy who like broke down the history of graph and like where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And he said like the, the early inspiration was, you know, people grew up with like cereal boxes mm-hmm. that had fun lettering on it. Yeah. You don't see that lettering anywhere else. No. Lucky charms. Yeah, well, no, their lettering's kind of boring, but... Well, well now, <laughs> right, yeah. their, their lettering is boring now, but in 1977, when they were doing... When kids who grew up in the early 60s... Yeah. Like, the Lucky Charms logo was Well, because it tight. was meant to appeal to, like, a child. Uh, yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. then that child grew up, and all these, all these things that appealed to kids, they yeah. wanted, like, these fun letters to appeal to kids. Yeah. So it was all advertising. So what the the graph artists did was they just took it in mm-hmm. and whether, you know, consciously or subconsciously, they started filtering it through their experience and through their tools, which were spray paint cans. Yeah. And they just started forming their own letters and then messing with the structure and, and the placement and the slants and all yeah. that stuff. That's a really um, interesting thing to learn about. And it actually makes me uh, think about this thing that I had a discussion with um, a couple of people in my old industry where it's like, as adults, we are attracted to nostalgia, right? Like, especially people like in their thirties, forties, you know, like a lot of us collect like Funko pops or like, yeah. you know, your, your Ninja Turtles, stuff like that. And so I would think that it's safe to say that like, like cartoons and toys and things like that aren't for children anymore. Whereas like when they were originally created, it was really created or like a, a young perspective, but now it's such a big appealing industry. Like think about um, an, a Comic-Con or something. Like most everybody there is an adult, you know? Yeah. And so like um, the reason that I was talking about it is like, you know, as you see with like a lot of cannabis and like vape companies or whatever, you know, a lot of their labels are bright and like, you know, interesting. Attention. Yeah, but the, but the argument was that it was like targeted towards kids. And I feel like... Um, not that I a hundred percent disagree with that, but like, I feel that, um, we've like older generations don't realize that people in their late twenties, thirties and forties and even fifties, like, like nostalgia. We like cartoons. We like, have you noticed that old women <laughs> turn into little girls again? I mean, good. They start wearing, they start wearing like their little dresses. Well, they any woman wearing, like, should be able to do that. Like right? regardless but, but of age, you, yeah, it's like, it's like old Old women. Like what? How old are you talking? I'm talking like 70. Okay. It's it's like something clicks in their head where mm-hmm. they, they're like, I don't have to be anything. I could just yeah. do what I like. This yeah. is pretty. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. I don't know. One of my one Weird of my buddies, and like a... Like, it, it's weird because it, it would seem obvious. Like, of course you can. You always could. But probably not. I mean, I think like... I mean, that's a good, that's a good observation for sure. Like, I, I think that it's kind of like... People are starting to realize that they don't have to be afraid of being who they are. And like, you know, it sucks for like older generations where there was a very structured, like, you have to be this way. You have to succeed. You have to. Yeah. And success looks like this. Yeah. Yeah. This is what success looks like. So, I mean, heck yeah, those 70 year old ladies wear what you want. Yeah. (laughs) You put like a, a yellow ribbon in their hair. Just just, randomly is this like one specific lady you saw no i've seen <laughs> i've seen a few okay i've seen a few and they they start collecting dolls again yeah you I've know what i mean it's a, it's a thing yeah and it's just very you know they become uh i'm not childish but childlike 
Yeah, I think a lot of people um, had to abandon. I think they had a lot of people had to abandon kind of their childhoods to grow up early. And there's a safety net in like being able to enjoy childlike things, you know, in a healthy way. Like, um, I mean, I love seeing like on the theme of like older people. I love it when like an older person gets a tattoo for the first time. I think that's that's sick. Like, yeah. And I think that a lot of that goes back to like creative expression is something that is becoming more of a norm, um, especially like your outward appearance, how you look, what your hair looks like, your clothes, whatever, whatever. And so there's so many variations of that that older generations are recognizing that they can participate. And that's super cool because it means like creativity is winning. Yeah. (laughs) I also feel like older people now are younger than older people were 20 years ago. Yeah. There was, okay. Do when, look at, yeah. 40 year olds, when I was a kid, 40 year olds didn't look like me and Mario. <laughs> Probably not. Right? They didn't. Well, maybe. Like, look, 40 year olds. Yeah. 40 year olds looked fucking busted. Like, I look at pictures of my mom's, like, like my mom and like my, my uncles and all them, like all those cats. I'm like, dude, you guys look busted. You were 36, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know how old you were because I know how old I was and I'm doing the math. I'm like, dude, you were 36. You look like, fuck, dude. Fucking. Like, well, they, what I was going to say is that um, the I think the Golden Girls, like, you, I'm sure you know the Golden Girls show. Yeah. Like, apparently they're supposed to be in their 50s or something and they made them look super old. And then nowadays you can go online and see people that are in their 50s and they look like they're, you know, in their 30s, early 40s. Yeah. So. But also the adverse of that is that really young people look a lot older and I'm like, oh man, like I wasn't allowed to wear makeup uh, until I was like 13 or 14. Um, but it's, I mean, like, again, it's not, um, I don't think it's a problem, but it's just like, dang, like it's harder like, to tell ages. Well, I think it's, um, I think it's the internet, it's advertising, it's oh, yeah. marketing, it's all that stuff that makes little kids want to grow up. Yeah, and man, and if I knew when I was 12 and 13 years old what growing up was going to be like, I would have stayed nope. playing outside. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think about that all the time. Yeah. And I, I couldn't wait to be 18. I couldn't wait to be 21. I couldn't wait to be. And granted, when I, you know, when I was 18, I ended up going to prison, but, oh, you know, so yeah. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't really. <laughs> Welcome Get to back. enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was there for 21. I was there for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I haven't talked to you about this. No. I mean, no. think about it. We've never really Mar- sat down and talked before. So. Yeah. It's always just in passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mara's heard it a million times. Mara's like, yeah, dude, I'm texting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went to prison for. Oh, he's working. He's working. He's he's uh, pulling out a fire caption. Yeah. <laughs> a fire caption, bro. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I went to prison at 18 and I didn't come home till I was 34. Mm. Well-deserved. But well-deserved. Look and at what where you're at now, you know? Oh, dude, I, I tell people all the time, the worst thing that I ever did led to the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Yeah. So if I don't do that, I don't end up in Sacramento. Yeah. And I don't end up here. I don't, maybe I never pursue art. No, for sure. I think that that's a really beautiful way to look at it because like, um, we were just talking about, you know, me not drinking. Um, and I mean, 
I'm fortunate that nothing terrible happened to me or that I didn't have to go through anything because I didn't necessarily harm anybody. But like, I mean, it's been seven, it'll be seven years in June of me not drinking alcohol. And like before that, I mean, I got a DUI when I was 21 and I hit some lady's car and busted my face open and uh, got taken to the hospital and then ran out of the hospital before my face was sewed up and asked some lady at a grocery store to call me a cab had blood all over me like I mean I was just crazy like and I kept drinking for I don't know six more years after that so it's like when I did get sober you know I kept saying like before then I was like oh I ruined my life I ruined my life but now I can look back and know with confidence that everything I went through made me stronger to like be a better human being and take me places that I probably never would have gone had I not been through that struggle so I think it's really um really beautiful that you look at your life as like something that's driven you towards the greater good for what you do or what you're pursuing, you know? Pressure makes diamonds, dude. Yeah. Pressure makes diamonds. So randomly speaking of art and prison and <laughs> like things just coming together, I went to Dick Blick over on how. Yeah. I go over there to go buy some, I need to buy a color of spray paint. I get there and I, as I drive up, I see this guy getting off a motorcycle and I'm like, where do I know that guy from? Mm-hmm. But I walk inside, I'm doing whatever. I'm asking the lady to come over to the cage to unlock the spray paint. Yeah. And this dude walks by. He walks up like to where I'm at. And he's looking at something. And I look at him and he looks at me. And he goes, hey, man, don't I know you? I go, yes, you do. <laughs> and he goes, oh, what's up, bro? I was like, what's up, bro? I was like, what's up, Rob? And he's like, oh, what's up, Ralph? In prison, everybody called me Ralph. Long story. Okay. But he's like, he's like what's up, Ralph? What's going on, man? I was like, oh, dude, uh, it's good seeing you, man. And turns out he just, he got out two years ago mm-hmm. and he wrote a book. Oh, wow. So he's got a book and I'm going to have him on the podcast in a couple, in a few weeks. Nice. Um, and it just solidified. I was telling my wife that all my friends, like the people who I was like close with, like close associates and like close friends, mm-hmm. they're all doing like amazing shit. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're authors. They're involved in the community. They're activists. They're not just like, you know, just an Instagram post. Like For a sure. lot of them aren't even on Instagram. They're like very, out, they're very out in smart. the streets yeah. doing stuff. You know, trying to trying to make things happen for for people for themselves, for people who are coming home from prison, for people who are on their way to prison. Yeah. To kids who are in juvenile hall. Uh, one of my cellies, he uh one of my bunkies, uh he wrote a book and he's been going back into prisons and into juvenile halls to talk to kids. Yeah. Uh, he's donated I don't know how many of his books to different um correctional centers. Yeah, I mean it's like um it's the giving back. I I think like helping others is the biggest gift that we can give to anybody regardless of who we are and however we can do that. So like it, it's beautiful again to hear that somebody's been through something and can turn it into a gift to help, you know. Manure. <laughs> you know? Manure. It, it does it does wonders. Yeah, manure does that that shit <laughs> that shit that you that you're living in today mm-hmm. can help you bloom a couple seasons from now. Yeah, and I think like um, I mean, on the topic of of helping and like helping others, you know, I think what what you and Gabe are doing with the art show, like where the profits are going a hundred percent to the artists, like that is a huge gift. You know, it 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 
it means a lot because my experience so far in the art world, which I've been in for a while on and off, like in different areas, has been kind of mixed, you know, where I feel like I'm accomplishing something and then I feel like I like my intuition says like, oh, this isn't right. Or, you know, you go to a gallery and like they off the bat want to charge you 50 percent on top of what you're already wanting to charge for your painting. And, you know, it's it's just a lot like where I feel like sometimes my integrity is challenged. So it means the world to know that you guys have banded together to host something that's meant to like truly support artists. And like that's another gift that you're giving for sure with like um making I mean Mario doing these podcasts like we are Sacramento everybody like I I think it's such a neat thing to be around so many people that want to help others just because like creativity or or believing in like yourself is so important I don't know I feel I feel very like blessed so (laughs) so here's here's where where my vision for that comes from years before Anybody, any lifer, because I was a lifer. Mm-hmm. So I had 15 years to life. Mm-hmm. And in Sac- in California, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, up till about 2014, 15, really 2015. If you had a life sentence, it basically meant life. It meant you were going to die in prison. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was going to, I was going to get out. I don't know. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. But I knew that I had to prepare myself for it. Yeah. So I, I started like reading books. I started going to all these classes and, you know, doing all that. And then I started hanging around with other people who kind of had the same idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as fleshed out as I had it in my mind. Like, dude, like this is going to happen. And that also was battling the voice that said, nope, you're going to die in prison just like that other dude did. Yeah. Just, just like that thinking, other dude thinking. did. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but it's hard to not think that when you're seeing it happen. Yeah. You know, when you think like, oh, I mean, I, fuck, that I can't understand died. that. But I definitely un- understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Like people were dying from tooth infections. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like one dude, he was negligent. Bas- yeah. He's a basketball player. He's athletic. He's in his mid 40s. Nice enough guy. Fucking guy's got an abscess tooth and they sent him home with Tylenol. And he fucking a couple weeks later still face throbbing all swollen up they said oh we should probably take you to the doctor mm-hmm. he died en route to the hospital the infection spread to his brain it's wild and you know it just you you have to know that there's something good gonna come from good people getting together yeah in spite of all the crazy shit that's happening mm-hmm. like shit that happened this weekend that shit's crazy yeah it's really unfortunate and sad but we're here mm-hmm and what are we going to do with, with our time, our talent, and our treasure? Like, what are the things that we treasure? What are we doing with it? Are we hiding it? Are we reinvesting it into the community? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think that the plan is to reinvest in community, and that's kind of what it's always been, at least in my eyes, for sure. Yeah, and, and me and Gabe, when we talked about doing the show, at first we thought about um, just he and I doing a show. Here and we're like, oh, dude, we'll get the spot for Mario. We'll talk with Mario and we'll we'll, we'll set it up. Well, yeah, it'll be time. And Mario's like, yeah, dude, let's go. Let's I'm down. And you were actually the first person that came up. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, dude. He's like, you know, Lady Junkrat, Ashley. I go, yeah, yeah, I met her. She's really nice, man. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, what would you think about like messing with her? Because I already he already had something in the works with you, like 
Yeah. Well, we had, we've been friends for a while as far as like in the art world. And so like we had talked, we'd talked about doing art shows and things before, but it had never really been like a conversation that uh, became a concrete idea. Like, um, but regardless, you know, I just wanted to see my friends come up in the world. Like I didn't care if I was a part of it or not. I just wanted to see that success. Like, yeah. I think people lose sight of the fact that they're in line. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though, is, like, um, I nobody can wait for the opportunities to come to them either. Like, I feel very fortunate when opportunities come, but I also have to put in the work to make the opportunities happen for myself, you know? Yes. And, and like, um, so if I have the energy to put into something, I believe that I'll get that back, you know? And because of... of because of that belief, I, I've had a lot of really great experiences and I've also created a lot of great experiences for myself. But the bigger part of it, like you were saying before, is, you know, what, how can you help the community? How can you give back? Like, how can you contribute to others? And that's like kind of where now I'm recognizing that it doesn't, it's not the, it's not about being a known artist in Sacramento for me. Like, yeah, it'd be great if people recognize my stuff and whatever, but it's about like, I recognize your stuff. Right off the bat. If I go if I go anywhere and I see your shit, I'm like, I walk in here and I go, that's Ashley's. Yeah. Well, and that no, and that makes me feel good. But what really makes me feel good is one, motivating people to be creative and pursue their passions and also like connecting with somebody on a level of art where like somebody sees my art and they like it enough they wanna have it, you know? That that to me like means that like uh, it's speaking to you. And I don't want it for just me, I want it for anybody who's willing to put in the work and like show what they do and have like build those connections. Right. So back to, you know, you, you, you and Gabe talking about doing the show, like when I got invited in, I was like, heck yeah, let's do this, you know? Yeah. And then right away I was like, I was like, Hey, do you know Hannah? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, dude. And he's like, yeah, the, the chick, I go, yeah, her stuff. He's like, yeah, yeah. Her stuff's fine. I go, dude. Yeah. Well, cause let's, we, let's you and I, um, I think we had met a couple times over at third eye. Yeah. That's, that's where I met everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I remember I met you and Brett the same day cause we were doing those murals, those, those movable murals in the back. We were, we were oh, painting yeah, yeah, those yeah. big mm-hmm. murals with, with the spray paint. Yeah. Uh, me and Raul were working on the pieces and you guys were setting up for the art show that weekend. Yeah, that's right. And that's when I met you two and Brett's going to be on the show and couple of weeks oh cool yeah yeah dude brett's fucking awesome man yeah she's a beast yeah dude she's she's fucking great (laughs) you know i mean and she's nice dude she's so nice yeah there's a lot of really wonderful people um in this area that we've been fortunate enough to make friends with and 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 that's that's the the thing like i want people to to know you i want people to know brett i want people to know you know the people that i know that are fucking awesome yeah that, that are doing cool things with their lives Sure. Because sometimes people think like, oh, I can't, I could never do this or that. And then they see somebody that's like them and goes, well, what, what made, um, what made you want to keep doing art? Like, uh, or start art, you know, you said you've been creative for a long time. I'm curious about like, so I used to smoke weed in high school and I remember how maybe like in third grade. I used to draw these army scenes uh-huh. of like these army men fighting each other. That's unique. Right. And 
I would just do that in class and I got in trouble for doing it uh-huh. and I would do it when I get home. I just, I, I just do it. Yeah. And then that moved on to like comic book characters. So I do like comic book art. Yeah. Things like that. And then when I went to prison, I was just like, well, you know, I got to I mean, drawing's a valuable yeah, gotta, thing in jail. So I yeah, imagine the yeah, same but for I didn't, prison. I didn't get, get on it right away. Yeah. I didn't. I was just like interested in like working out and like hanging out and mm-hmm. seeing how, how many fucking, uh, how many chow hall milk cartons I could down in a day to, oh, wow. to try to buff up. Cause like, that's all, that's all I had. Like yeah. that was my only outlet. I'd go to church, I'd go to work, I'd go play soccer. And then I just work out all the time. Mm-hmm. I used to pay fat guys to sit on my, uh, on my shoulders while I did pushups on the bar. Did so you know you- this Mario? <laughs> no, 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 this is, no, so there was this, there was this dude, uh, Mo, who, who I was friends with and he was hefty fella and I, I'd, I'd pay him uh, cups of coffee. I'd give him like a shot of coffee. Oh, that's good payment. And yeah. be like, here, dude, come out and I'll come sit on my, you know, on my heavy chest days, you know, I mean, I'll, that's, I'll give that's you coffee. pretty ingenuitive. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just do what you can, right? Mm-hmm. Lifting bags of dirt. Like it's all pretty like, you know, low tech high function shit until I fucked up my shoulder mm. doing dips and I couldn't fucking like raise my my arm like over my head without it hurting yeah I was like fuck dude and I was like slipping into a depression because mm-hmm. at that time my family had stopped riding me this was about six years in yeah nobody was riding me except my granny every other month she'd send me a book of stamps and a letter that said I love you I'm praying for you pray 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 and God's going to take care of you. Here's a Aww. book of stamps. And I'd be like, oh, thanks. That's really man. sweet. Fucking awesome, dude. Granny's nice. She's the best, dude. We're going to go see her next week. We're nice. going to go see her. Good. So um, my neighbor goes, hey, dude, you know, real friends ain't going to pussyfoot around. He goes, hey, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. I go, oh, bro, I messed up my shoulder. He's like, man, you walk around here all depressed and shit. What the fuck's wrong with you? And I was like, oh, man. He's like, that real talk. And I was like, well, dude, I, I can't, you know, I can't. He's like, well, fucking do something, man. Learn to draw. Yeah. And I go, man. And he goes, hey, man, my celly is a badass tattoo artist. He's got like some patterns. Like trace them out and draw them. And I was like, what? I was like, ah. And the celly goes, the celly was really cool. He's from the city. He was like, hey, what's up, man? What's going on? I was like, what's going on, dude? And he's like, you want to learn how to draw? I said, I can draw a little bit, you know? And he's like, well, here, here's some patterns. Like. Start fucking with it. I was like, all right. And I, I had a celly who taught me how to like, like set and trace. Yeah. So, you know, you shade the back of a you know, piece of paper and you tape it to mm-hmm. an image mm-hmm. and then you trace like the so important. It imprints it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, into the paper. Yeah. You get a rough outline of like the eyes, the mouth, the nose or whatever you're going to paint. Yeah. Or draw. And I started doing that. And the first one I did, I know it sucked. But you know when you suck. start somewhere. But you know when you suck. But it's still pretty good for like your first time. Is that um, is that like imposter syndrome? No, no, no. It, it was <laughs> I'm just it, it sucked. No, it, it sucked. Like technically, it sucked. But I had it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had the knack. Like and you knew that you could do more. Yeah, I knew yeah. that if I if I did this, I could get really good at this. Mm-hmm. I have I have a knack for getting thing for getting good at things I want to get good at. That's good. Yeah. So anything I want to get good at, I get good at until I get bored. Yeah. Or until you know life happens right but he's like hey dude want like try this and i had a buddy that i worked with charlie he goes hey man that's pretty good dude he's like he's like look here's a tip 
is like whenever you see guys drawing out in the day room or you see somebody drawing or you see a painting or see whatever, it's like go up and you know say, excuse me, don't be a fucking asshole, but say, hey, excuse me. Hey, what's that one thing you're doing? What's that? Don't ask a million questions. Ask one yeah. question that you'd like to ask about a certain thing that they're doing and they're drawing that you like. Ask them how they do it. And most guys will show you. They'll be like, oh, I just go like this. And then go home and, you know, fuck it up until you can make it yours. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, that's fucking cool. That's a great tip. So from then on, I started doing that. Yeah. And I'd ask people like, hey, what's that, that you're doing? How did you do that? Like, oh, I did it like this. Oh, that's fucking that's cool. That's good that people would tell you, too, because I think that, like, you know, you're in an environment where people could just as easily, like, tell you to fuck off. And then instead they're, like, sharing with you. But then out in the world nowadays, like, people want to gate- gatekeep shit. Like, for no reason, you know, instead of well, helping other it's people. It's a famine mentality. Yeah. People think if I give some to you, there's not enough for me. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's really yeah, interesting yeah. that you were in a place where, like, people really didn't have to, like, open up or share shit, and that yet they did. Well, it's it's weird because it's it's it's, it's really a community. Mm-hmm. In there, it's really a community. So yeah. you're locked in a, a big cage because mm-hmm. a, a prison yard is just a big cage. Yeah. Oh, it's an sure. indoor-outdoor cage. Yeah. And you're locked in there with, what? 1199 other men plus you know COs yeah and medical staff so so that's like your catalyst into what brought you to art now like yeah that's I, really I just cool kept, I just kept doing it and then I got into the arts and corrections mm-hmm. and I was able to buy like drawing pencils and drawing paper so I'm not just drawing like on cardstock anymore yeah I'm not using just a number two pencil I'm using like a a 2b yeah and, uh, you know an f what the fuck is an f like how does this work like how do these work how do they work in relationship to each other yeah and then how do i create depth in a piece mm-hmm. so i spent pro i spent over fuck dude in that first year of drawing i probably put in you know two thousand hours of art damn i would just sit and paint for like or draw for like six hours eight yeah. hours five hours two hours three hours and i was just constantly doing it mm-hmm. and i started seeing that i was getting better i'm like whoa yeah and there's certain pieces that i see that i'm like i made breakthroughs like big leaps yeah i that's you, you, that's a you good have those you have those too oh yeah like um where it's kind of like when you repeat something over and over again and then one day you realize like you got it down but i've even had times where like i'm trying to figure out something different like how can i make this different than what i'm used to doing and then all of a sudden like i'll paint something i'm like yes this is it this is what i was looking for kind of or but it's not ever intentional it's just kind of by like going through the chaos that is me creating um but yeah i mean it sounds like it sounds like yours um you know you had time to to really concentrate and focus on building that. And so it's neat to hear that you had even breakthroughs in that kind of situation. Yeah. Cause I was like 23, 24 yeah. when all that was going on. And you know, when it, it's weird, cause you start, you find your community, mm-hmm. like the, the person that you're developing inside yeah. is going to somehow some way connect with other people like you. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Well, even like, um, back to like third eye right like it was such a interesting mixture of people like but everybody kind of just got along and yeah, we, we all just, just understood each other yeah and so like that that is the kind of community that 
I really enjoy, you know, is, is like just showing up and you're just around a bunch of like-minded people who like accept you yeah, and, and you're are, just yourself. Yeah. And are interested in you and stuff. And so that's, so that's definitely, um, you know, there's always room for more in a community like that. And because the more people that are in the better the group is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, cause you're adding different skill sets, different points of view. There's different likes and dislikes. There's different strengths and weaknesses yeah. that everybody has. And you just kind of shore everything up. Speaking of, are you, are you excited about the show on Saturday with all the different people blending together? Okay, look. <laughs> here's, here's here's my thing. I tell my wife this. Well, is she, this, this is going to air after the show, right? Yeah, this is going to air after the show. Oh, so. well, it'll be great. Our show is great. Oh, dude, our show was amazing. You should have been there. <laughs> if you didn't show up, you're a real you're asshole. You're too bad. Yeah, you're a real asshole. You okay. should feel bad about that. No, show up to the next one. Yeah, don't feel yeah. bad. If, just feel bad enough to show up to the next one. But I'm sorry, what were you going to say about the, <laughs> the collaboration of minds? Um, I'm too dumb to be excited about stuff. Why? How, how can you say that about yourself? Because I don't get excited for stuff. So Look, what? We went skydiving. Uh-huh. My wife took me skydiving. This is, the, this is the best that I can put it. My wife goes, because my wife gets excited for everything. Yeah. She's like, oh my God. She's like, I got you the best present. I go, cool. It's like, do you want to know what it is? This is like two weeks before my birthday. And I go, no. Yeah, and that's she goes, good. She's like, dude, come on. Oh, she really like, wanted to tell yeah, you. She wanted to tell me. And I'm yeah. like, hey, dude, just fucking, just no. I, I'm fine. I, I'll figure it out. And she goes, oh. she's like, do you want me to tell you? I go, no. And she goes, I want to tell you. Yeah, she could. I go, I, I'm like her. I can't uh, wait. I got to tell you. I'm like, you. all right. Well, then tell me. She's like, we're going skydiving. She's like, I got to skydiving. I'm like, oh, dude, that's fucking cool. And she's like, that's it? I go, well, I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, it's, that's fucking cool. That's fucking rad. So as the week, you know, the week or two, like, kind of come, is coming down, the countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's like, are you excited? I'm like, I don't, you know. Yeah. We get to the to the place we drive up. She's like, are you excited? I'm like, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's go. And we're putting on our parachutes and they're telling us how this thing is going to go. She's like, are you excited? I'm like, ah, you know. We get in the plane. We're laying down with these dudes strapped to us, to mm -hmm. our backs. Yeah. And she's like, are you excited? I'm like, thumbs up. You can't really, you know, it's like, yeah, thumbs up. Fucking, it's going to be great. It wasn't until I stuck my foot out of the plane, the plane that I go, wait, why am I doing this? Uh, so so did you just like disassociate for two weeks? Uh, from, <laughs> from I, like, no, I just, I just kind just, of, I don't, I don't really. But that's, I mean, you're neutral. It sounds like you're neutral. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to be okay. excited for. Oh, well, excited for like all the different people coming together that. I'm happy that everyone's coming together. That's that fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that everyone's coming yeah. together. I'm happy that, you know, that I get to share this space with fucking people I admire. Yeah. Cause I, I like everyone who was. And this is a little bit uh, douchey, but everybody that is in the show kind of reminded me, and I think I told you this before, kind of reminded me of stuff that I do or stuff that I've done in the past. And it just felt like it's, it's different, but there's something familiar. So like when you look at all of our works, mm -hmm. like they work together. Yeah. Well, I think that was kind of the angle of the show that made it like cohesive was that we all like 
were like you said when Maria's interview last week, you're all like cousins, right? Yeah. So I think that's great. But also too, like it brings up a, a better point of, uh, or a really interesting point of the fact that like, it's really hard to find original art. Um, because there's so many creators in the world that like, there's always going to be somebody that like has something similar to what you do. And a lot of that discourages people from making art, which I think is dumb because it's like, it's not about, you know, well, for me, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, I would love to be like, oh, I made this original thing that nobody's ever thought of before. And I, it's great. And like, everybody's going to love it. But the reality of that happening, especially with like social media and the internet nowadays, I'm like, "Mm -hmm." but the show I'm very excited for personally, because it's, you know, it's a nice balance of people. Like you said, all of our art is like super cohesive together. It's a complimentary. Yeah. And, and as far as like, um, but, but you can tell who's is who's like, you, you oh, know, for sure. That's very distinct styles. Yeah. But it's, it, it, I, I forgot about the analogy that I made. You're right. Uh, it's like cousins. <laughs> yeah. It's like cousins. Like you guys are cousins. And then you see them next to each other and you're, you're like, oh, oh, you fuckers. You yeah. got the same shaped head. But wouldn't it be interesting to put like all the, all the like portrait artists in the world and all the like comic artists in the world and all the abstract artists in the world together and see like how, how many cousins there are. There's so many cousins. <laughs> well, especially now with the, with the dig- digital world, it's. What are your thoughts on digital art? I like it. I like your digital art. I honestly hate digital art, but I, I, I do it because it's good for me when I can't bring myself to go out and paint. So I like I, make I, digital art, but there's nothing for me that can replace like the feeling of painting or like the, the texture of like, you know, it's there's just, different parts of the brain. Yeah. But even digital art to me, like it, it frustrates me. I'm just like, well, I, I like yours because there's like a, there's a video aspect of your digital art. At least what I've seen on Instagram. Yeah. It's like, there's a, there's a movement to it. Yeah, well, and it, I think fun. digital art can be a little stale when it's just like created in like Adobe art or whatever it is, whatever art I use thing Procreate, using. yeah. Procreate, it, whatever, whatever it might be, it, it could be a little stale. I think the biggest thing is too, like it's really easy to get discouraged because, excuse me, because I see like people who are, they can create these amazing things and they spend like 30 hours on it. And I'm just like, man, if I stared at my screen for 30 hours, like I would die. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I could stare at a canvas for like, you know, eight hours a day and, and get lost that, in that. that piece that you did uh, with the Japanese demon. Oh yeah. That's like an old one. Yeah. I liked it, dude. Yeah. I it was cool. And it had, it was like, it was moving. It was like almost not quite an animation. Yeah. It had like a cellophane, um, filter thing on it or whatever and it I made think. it like shimmer mm-hmm. like it just like wiggled just a little bit yeah and i think that was enough to make me go oh that's fucking tight yeah because the the one thing that i like i said it just doesn't seem alive or it seems like a like an almost like an ad yeah you well, know what i mean I, yeah like i mean i don't want to poo poo on anybody's like love for what they do and for, stuff it just no for, when it when it's done really well it's done yeah. really well and it's like holy shit that's amazing i just feel like i feel like there are people that are better off doing it than me like <laughs> maybe that's what it is yeah. but i i do like i think it's great to create stuff um i did actually like start a fiverr to just try to make things for people randomly i don't know i was like oh i just want to make backgrounds for people and so like i was like all right i'll just do this digital art but 
overall, I think like nothing for me can replace painting or physical media. Well, here's, here's the other thing about painting is that it's 3d for the most part. Yeah. It's like when I went to the Warhol exhibit that they had here in Sacramento a few years back, Oh man! I went and I saw some of the, the, you know, the screen prints mm-hmm. and you just think screen printing, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But there was underpaintings mm-hmm. and a lot of them. So yeah. there'd be like an underpainting and then they'd screen print over it. Yeah. So there was like depth to it. I was like, oh shit. They don't really talk about that when you see it in printed media. Yeah. When like the textures. Picture, yeah. They don't talk about the textures. They don't talk about, you know, what it, what it looks like it would feel like to touch. Oh yeah. I mean like that's one thing that it sucks that you can't feel pictures on the internet or whatever, see them accurately because when you go to an actual show or gallery, you experience it versus just see it. And textures are so vital to that. Whereas like if I posted a picture of something that I did that was like layered paint and whatnot, like you can't see the layered paint, but if you saw it in person, you'd be like, Oh, this is so interesting. You know? Yeah. Well, that's what we need to do. Textured NFTs. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, one of the things that I thought was really cool. Have you been to the Van Gogh Alive or whatever it's called? No. Um, I actually like, um, I wanted to go to that, but there's a, there's a Lego exhibit in San Francisco that I want to go to. It's like a bunch of, you Lego. could do both. Yeah, I could. I just got to go. Yeah. Van Gogh. So when we, there, they, there's one in SAC that I don't know if it started yet, but they're taking like reservations and stuff. I think it's starting soon. Yeah. I, yeah. um, dude, fucking go. Did you, did you go to the yeah, one? Yeah, we went to the one in the, the city. Mama? And it, it, I don't think it was at the moment. It was like at a, in a, it doesn't matter. You I went, don't know. Though. Yeah. It was, it was like in, it was, it was like a gallery, but it was a big open space. Mm hmm. And you walk in and you just walk in anytime. Yeah. And it's like Van Gogh paintings being shot in 360 degrees. Yeah. So you're like engulfed in it. So you're engulfed in it and you just kind of sit and the, 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 there's music playing. It's set to music, like yeah. a, an original score and the paintings like move mm-hmm. and like morph into like other paintings like slowly like oh, really so slowly and they move and they and they shimmer yeah so they're not just morphing they're not just you know shimmering yeah they're like shimmering as they morph so it's like it's really you know you ever take acid no okay well <laughs> so when you take not acid, yet, I you, guess. Get, you get like this roller coaster f- like feeling like when you like when it hit and when it hits you're like woof yeah. My, one of my buddies explained it as fall. It feels like you're falling up. Yeah. And I mean, like, I've done hallucinogens in the past. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, then you feel like, ooh. And after you get accustomed to that, to mm-hmm. being up there, then like these, these weird connections start happening, like in your vision. Sure. Yeah. And that's kind of what the, the whole exhibit feels like. That's really cool. Dude. It was like, wow, dude, it, it feels like it, but it doesn't feel alien. It feels like it makes sense. Yeah. Like a peaceful acid trip. That sounds like an ideal acid trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, some some just feel like electric. Yeah. Some I mean, I've, like- I've done like shrooms and I did uh, uh, DMT one time. Oh. And that was really cool. But what was your DMT trip like? It was freaking cool. <laughs> did, you, did you like break through? 
No, I didn't have a breakthrough. I got really scared actually. But one of the reasons why I did it was, it was, I did it after I got sober, like from everything. And then like I was, I think five years sober from alcohol. And then I had a cool opportunity to like try it. Um, and I thought about it for a week before I did it, but essentially like I experienced like, um, kind of like a really warm, like calming energy. And it was great too, because the reason what sold me on it was like, it only lasts like 30, 40 minutes, you know? And then also I was able to like, just kind of get out of it if I didn't want to be in it anymore. So I was like, okay, that sounds fine. But what I saw was like, um, there's actually like Alex Gray, um, who does, he's yeah. like the chapel of sacred mirrors and like did all the art for, I mean, everybody tool. tool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. beyond that, he's like this really interesting person. Um, yeah, his- but he did a, um, installation and I think it's called mother. I don't remember, but it was like, um, him and his wife, it was when they were young, they, they made like this body. It was like almost like the there's like a statue of Venus or something. It's like a really uh, like curvaceous woman, but it's very like simplistic. Um, So that's kind of what I saw. So it was almost like I saw like a mother holding a child and it was like this peaceful energy and stuff. And it was like when I was done with that experience, I was like, Oh my God, that was amazing. And then like, I just didn't do anything for many years, but then I did it again, like in the evening. And that time I did like, because the way I did it was like in a vacuum or the volcano thing. So I like vaporized it. Yeah. And like it hit me so hard that I got like super scared and I forgot to breathe. So I was just like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. And then like I opened my eyes and it was done. And then I was like, oh, I kind of want to like experience this again. And then it was like, now nah, we're, you're done. So yeah, like, I never no, had we're a, not gonna babysit you. I never had a breakthrough. Um, Like I think just since we're we've kind of dabbled in talking about things like i think um like i i've enjoyed experiences with like hallucinogens and you know i enjoy cannabis and stuff but i think that um overall like i never want to be dependent on those types of things to have like fun or to experience life or whatever but i think that they can add a really interesting perspective like um Again, I don't like you're, if you're a human being, you can do whatever you want to your body. If that's what you choose to do, just know that like you can get lost in anything. Yeah. Um, so I just I think like the way I look at it is if the opportunity ever arises for me and I'm willing to to pursue that opportunity, then that's like kind of how I go about it nowadays. Whereas like I'm never going to like seek stuff out that I don't need, you know, right. Like, <laughs> well, like for me, I feel like psychedelics help me realize what's already there sure because i get so busy and i get so like caught in my head and caught in the momentum of you know my day-to-day grind yeah because i wake up and i and i for the most part i work from the time i wake up to the time i go to bed Mm -hmm. and i start with you know uh i usually start by stretching in the morning or if i go to the gym or whatever better than me and then i come home and well, I only do it because I got fucking bad back. So I have to, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I I do all that stuff and then I go right into dad mode. I'm like making breakfast and mm-hmm. my girl's getting the clothes ready for the boys. And, you know, she's getting them dressed. I'm getting them dressed. And we're trying to clean up the house before we leave. And then we're off to work and then yeah. work and then come home. And, then not, and it's just constant, constant, constant. So I don't really get a lot of reflective time, mm-hmm. which I desperately need to be my best self. And... A lot of times, this is my reflective time. The podcast, and yeah, the things. podcast because no, it's great. 
because I hear you say something, and I go, oh, dude, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Like, that's fucking that's fucking cool. But with psychedelics, whenever I, you know, it's hard with kids, you know? Yeah, well, because you have I responsibility. Yeah, I got responsibility. Yeah. I can't just be like, hey, dude, let's fucking trip balls, dude. Let's go to Santa Cruz <laughs> and trip good. balls I'm on glad, the beach. I'm glad that you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking can't. Also, I'm 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck kind of asshole would I be if I was just tripping balls all the time? Um, but it's it's just one of those things that helps me see what's already there. Sure. You know, and anything that you're, that anybody pursues, that they're trying to make up for something that's not there. You know, if they're trying to find happiness at the bottom of a bottle or in a fucking joint or whatever. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's just an empty pursuit. It's just hollow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's a lot of different ways to empty, empty. Oh, I don't know if emptily is a word, but like to pursue things and gain no satisfaction. Like, um, I mean, I think it's, it's cool that you mentioned wanting to reflect. I think that like meditation is great and, um, art for sure is meditation for me, like being able to zone out and paint. But a lot of like, um, I, I struggle with painting all the time because, um, when I have like my attention needs to go elsewhere, like help other people or whatever, like it's hard for me to like dedicate my day to painting because like, I I'm like, Oh man, but I gotta, I gotta like make sure that I pick up this person or like I said, I would have lunch here or whatever. So like, I can't, I can't concentrate. So I need like days where I can just like know that it's just me and myself and my art or like going outside or, you know, spending time in nature away from humans, like technology. Like, I mean, I think we as people really need, um, we need like, downtime and and like uh what is it called like unplugged time yeah yeah when you're like away from technology that's because we're never away from technology anymore that's true (laughs) but like some of my most reflective times have been when i'm just there like at night especially when i was in prison i would when the cell when when everything would lock down for the night and i'd be in my cell you know either by myself with my celly and he's asleep whatever yeah I'd put on the headphones and I'd listen to music and I'd cover my face with a pillow and I'd just lay there and I'd just think about like what I'm listening to, how it makes me feel. And then that kind of leads into what I'm feeling. Yeah, you're practicing and why, mindfulness. And why am I feeling this and how, you know, how do, how does this the thing that I'm listening to help me tune into that feeling that's already there? Yeah. Because music doesn't make you feel anything. It just makes you realize a feeling that's always been there. Because, you know, the the saying, oh, I can't relate. That's really a thing. Like, you can't relate. Because it's not, you don't have that experience. Yeah. But, I, a, but a song resonates with you. And the whole thing about something resonating with you is that it's vibrating at the same frequency as you. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I would, I don't know if I would entirely agree with, like, that statement only based on like a perspective of mine where it's like what you said, like music doesn't make you feel anything. Like I, I think that music can make you feel things for sure. Like, but at the same time, I think I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't impose a feeling upon you. It, it's it like pulls, something that already pulls, exists. Yeah, it pulls a you. feeling out of you. Sure. But, and like, that's something interesting too, because, um, like you know one of my favorite types of music is like classical piano so i love chopin like one of my favorite yeah. composers um and like that makes me feel things yeah like yeah, fantasy yeah. impromptu stuff um 
but um like it definitely like I, I think i get what you're saying now is like where it you've already got that feeling within you and the music kind of like ignites it yeah. but like you know maybe from another perspective like does the music contribute to like would you ever know that you had those feelings if you never heard that song or you know i that that's a good question that's, that's a good question you know what came first the chicken or the egg right but i think <clears throat> like when i first discovered how music made me feel <laughs> we got some time yeah we got some time okay <laughs> oh gabe texted me he said we out here <laughs> so we out here yeah, we're, we're texting back and forth before the show started and mm. uh he said man we out here i forgot what he's responding to but i'm like yeah i agree with you bro. well we we out, we out here we in here yeah we in here about to be out here but <laughs> yeah dude i think that that anything good like any good piece of art is going to draw something out of you that you already have that you that you didn't that you're now f like able to look at in a new way yeah i, I love that i think that's what like good art does it, it, it makes you take notice of what what was there the whole time yeah that's a really um wise way to see it i you know like i have a very strong belief of of like our spirituality being very, or like our, I guess I shouldn't say our, I should say my, but like everything is within you, right? Like, so all the things you ever need to know are like within, and then you can share them like outwardly. But most of the time when I have, you know, some sort of problem and I need to resolve that problem, like I can always go within myself and figure out how to resolve this problem. I always have the answers, but it's like finding them. Right. And so that that to me kind of speaks similarly to um art you know and having art or music or anything you know in that kind of form pull out something that was already there all along so like i like that you're saying like good art pulls out you know something that was there and that's that's what like that's power you know to have something where as a as a viewer for you to see art and say like oh man this this is making me feel something like the the biggest compliment I've ever gotten in my entire life was I had a painting in a gallery here and some woman like was standing in front of it just crying and she was like it just I just I don't know why I'm crying it just I connect with it so much and like that made me feel amazing because there was something about whatever I put on a canvas that like really resonated with this woman so I was like this is what I want to do this is what I want to create stuff that like makes people feel you know? Anything, like yeah. Something, anything, yeah. Like I, I tell people all the time, the kiss of death is nice. Oh yeah. Like oh, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. But dude. like, uh, uh, maybe it's just people don't. I, I think people don't know how to like people, express themselves. I don't or think like, people know what they're feeling. Yeah. You know, I, I think most times, like most people that I that I come across, are just like going like they're they're like pre-programmed like their brain is already sure. like they're gonna do this they're gonna do this they're gonna do that they're gonna you know people who get mad and you say hey dude why are you so mad like, i'm not fucking mad <laughs> you ever meet somebody like that that fucking just pops off like dude i don't fucking know i'm not fucking mad you're the fucking ones fucking mad at me what the fuck are we fucking <laughs> you know it's like it's like well you seem kind of mad bro well yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> and, and they they have all these reasons why they're mad mm -hmm. but they they hate to like own that they're mad. Yeah, because people don't like to take yeah, ownership yeah. of their issues. And underneath that, like, here's here's one of the true things about drunks. An angry drunk 
is really just a sad drunk. I mean, I think all drunks are pretty sad considering right? I was one yeah, of them, yeah. but I can't speak on an interview. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody who's angry who after picking at that scab mm-hmm. doesn't break down in tears. Yeah. It's tough, man, but the power to confront your shit, like we said earlier and make it into something like transmute it into something great. Yeah. That's, that's power. That That is and the, the the thing that gives you such creative power and one of the things that gives you such great momentum, I think, is that you realize that, whereas those those sad fuckers don't. Yeah, I mean, like, it's something that has to be relearned, though, because um, it's really easy to, to do well in life and then get caught up in life and then f- fall back. Like, I mean, even nowadays, I realize that some of the things I want to work on this year, like, what am I doing for others? Like, what am I doing to help? What am I doing to like give my time? You know, like I've, I've definitely backtracked from like where I was in my most creative state where like I was painting every day and like motivated and and disciplined and I've lost some of that discipline. And I think I've, I've kind of um, become a little more selfish because I've, I've been trying to like figure out what my life looks like, you know? And, um, one of the biggest things like this year in particular moving forward is like, how can I do stuff that helps other people that doesn't benefit me? You know, like what can I do to um, like, even if it's like volunteer, you know, like do something. So those are kind of like the stuff that I think will help me make. What am I trying to say? Like that will help me get back on a path that I want to be on that makes me feel like good about who I am and that I get to help somebody and then not like talk about it, but just do it. Like, you know, and if I can do that in some creative way too, that would be great. But ultimately like just, just giving back, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. That's beautiful, man. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just going back to therapy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so I'm just doing that. That's fucking. (laughs) That's smart too. (laughs) Well, the thing is, it's an ebb and flow, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great example. Like to, to be able to push art out into the world, you have to have something to push. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just have to take things in and then digest them. So there's in, ingesting and we're always ingesting shit. Yeah. You know, our Instagram feed, we're ingesting traffic, you know, people flipping us off. And mm-hmm. cut, you know, That's all, me. All that shit, you know, um, you know, backhanded compliments from family members, like all that kind of weird stuff that you get. And it's like, wow, wait, what? We're Your just, paintings are nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, they're so nice. Could I, why won't you, why don't you let me have that? Yeah. I've loved you through everything. Why don't you let me have that? Like what? That conditional love. You, yeah. Like what? Why would I? I? I had, I had somebody ask me for a painting and I was like, sure, well, I want to sell it. Yeah. And they they proceeded to say, like, that's fucked up. Like, I would give you it. I would give it to you. Yeah. And you're not going to give it to me. I'm like, no, I, w- I want to sell it. Like, this is how, like, I put food on the table. Yeah. This is how I'm able to buy more art supplies. I yeah. Think. You're like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to support that? Like, what, you're going to sell it to me? I'm like, no, I don't even want to give it to you because you're trying to get it off me for free. And I don't understand why. Yeah. But those people, they don't recognize what they're asking for and and the nice thing is i don't know if that was a family member but like the nice thing is that you don't have to always accept those dealings yeah and i, I just went like hey i'm i'm sorry to disappoint you but i'm 
you know. Thank you, but no thank you. Yeah, thank you, but no thank you. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know what their, you know, what their thoughts of me are or what, because I, I haven't really been in contact with them since. Yeah. Because it's just like, why would you, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, why would you try to just like weasel something like, and then try to guilt me into giving it to you? Because it probably has worked for them for a while and like. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, but it's 2022. We're setting boundaries and selling our art for what we think it's worth, and we're moving forward. Like the this is there's no reason to stop pursuing the things that we're good at because life is getting lifey, you know. Like, yeah. and that's uh, that's like the goal. I mean, I I've been a full time artist for a year now, and I make like a thousand dollars a month barely. But I've been riding it and I have hope that ultimately like I'll be able to to like make it. And I'm very blessed because like obviously I have a, a boyfriend and like he helps me out a lot and stuff. But like I'm not I don't want to go back to working a corporate job. I don't want to go back to to like like I thought about um, working at a restaurant again, but I would just end up like telling everybody how to do their job. So I can't do that either, you know, yeah. but I don't want to give up and I don't think anybody should give up because like there's so much success out here. I think, I think like, and this is, you know, probably a good thing to, um, wrap it up, I guess. But like, um, people don't realize, and this is something I've learned after living here for like two years, like success is, is not an instantaneous result. I think a lot of people know this obviously, but like you said, like we have to figure out our own things. Like everybody I admire here in Sacramento, like has put years years of their time and energy into and and all of a sudden now they're like starting to see the success come and then everybody comes out of the woodwork to be like oh hey man yeah like i was yeah you've been doing great that's awesome like let's like work together let's do this let's do that you know and um i just i think that it's funny because like we all forget or not we all i don't know like maybe me but it's like um like I want to have success, but I also need to like, just take it a day at a time and put in the work every day and then success will come, you know? So like, that's why I mentioned, I don't want to give up like doing art. Obviously if I need to get a full-time job and do some shit to pay some bills, like I'm going to do what I got to do. But I just don't want to give up the dream of like knowing that other people have the success. So why can't I like, and the that's, difference, the differences that they put in the work though. And like, yeah. I, I'm just now starting to put in the work. What, what is it? Uh, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yeah. Like that's such a true thing. Minimum, minimum 10 years to yeah. be an overnight success. So I just, that I, I think like the, on closing with this, like, I wish us all like, you know, it, it, I'm so excited to, to be part of this podcast. I'm excited to be part of this art show. I'm excited to like, next week when we have the event, like, and I'm sorry, everybody listening to this cause you missed out unless you were there, but <laughs> and thanks, and thanks for coming out. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> but thanks I, buying our art, dude, that was rad. But this is like the lifeblood of, of being a creative for me is like having these moments that we get to like, look back and say like, we, we all got to be part of something bigger than us. And we all got to like put something together and look at all the support that we had putting it together. I mean, like you guys sponsoring it, all the podcasts sponsoring it. Like yeah, shout out to have some shame podcast. Yeah. I mean, wife. Oh they're, heck yeah. 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 They're, they're, uh, I, was listen- too. I was listening to their podcast. Like they had a clip today. It was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're, they're good, man. Yeah. They're, they're really good. They're, they're bringing shit out of people, man. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, like I'm, I'm really grateful that whatever 
whatever this path is taking me on and all of us on, like, I just want to keep going. I want to keep walking the path. And like, I'm, you know, I feel so happy to be around so many interesting, awesome people that just want to like help each other. You know, it's great. Okay. So that's going to lead me to this. Okay. I know you got to get out of here. <laughs> um, you're walking down the street. All right. Fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex. Come swallows you whole. You're gone. With a gun? No. Oh. You're gone. Oh, I'm gone. Okay. You're gone. You just, you're dinosaur food. Okay. What would you hope your legacy to be? What do you want to leave behind? What, Hmm. what do you want to leave us with? What do you want us thinking? What do you want us feeling? How do you want, what do you want your legacy to be? Yeah. I mean, if, if. People just know that, like, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a, that's a deep question to ask on the end. <laughs> well, I can't lead with that. No, for sure. I think, like, the biggest thing is that, like, just keep going. Like, keep keep pushing through. Like, like, like you said before, life is a series of ebbs and flows. And we're never going to be always happy. We're never going to be always sad. But there's those little moments in life that are worth every second of existence and helping other people through things like every bad experience I've had in my life has become a tool to help others get through the same bad experience. And I came out the other side. And so like the world can't give up on each other. You know, there's, there's gotta be compassion and love and kindness that like keeps the world going. And so my hope would be that, um, that people recognize that like they deserve to be loved and they deserve to give love and like, not give up on themselves, you know, never give up on yourself. There we go. I don't know. That sounds good. Never yeah. Stop. Never stopping. Never stop. <laughs> never surrender. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for being a part of the awesome art show and congratulations on selling so much art. Oh yeah. Thank show. you. I sold out everything. Oh, I hope. Fuck, dude, that was fucking awesome. Man. <laughs> well, listen, as always, art everywhere is brought to you by, we are Sacramento and the Loft. Thank you.